From the SkyTerra Wellness Retreat, this is the Inspired Intentions Podcast, where we help people build the skills and mindset to live a healthy life. Inspired Intentions listeners, Alan back again here today, and you all are getting number two of something. Number two. I'll give you a second to think about that. It is the second episode where Rachel and I are both here together, kind of co-hosting it. I love it. Hey, Rachel. Hi, Alan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Happy to be here. I'm happy to be here, too. I love this. I love when we podcast together because we're friends, we're co-workers, we're podcast co-hosts, and I think we have a good like back and forth. Yeah, me too. And if listeners, if you haven't caught on, Rachel and I kind of switch off back and forth with the the hosting responsibilities um, and putting the podcast out every week. And it's a rarity that her and I get to be in here together. And this is just the second time. So it's an honor. It's an honor. And we were brainstorming um, what we could talk about. Uh, we were thinking about the time of year. We were thinking about what uh, a lot of our guests are here for, what you listeners might need this time of year. And we we came back to habits because it's almost the new year. And what's that big thing that everybody does around the new year? Resol- the R word. The Resolutions. R- <laughs> yes, the R word. And it's something that often is hard to carry on. You know, for instance, the whole gym statistic, there's this giant influx of people taking gym memberships. Mm-hmm. And after the first month, nobody's using them. Yeah. So we wanted to talk a little bit about habits and maybe how to get your resolution habits started early or keep them going longer. And, you know, Rachel and I were uh, thinking about what we could use as an example and uh, maybe like a thought process around it. And Rachel had a incredible idea and something that I keep forgetting that you're doing, but it's still going. Still going. Do you want to talk about it? I'm a streaker. You're a streaker. (laughs) I knew you were going to do that at some point. <laughs> you know, Rachel is a streaker. We've actually talked about her streaking problem on the the podcast before. A while ago. It's been a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. yeah. So, um, listeners, I am a run streaker, and it has nothing to do with taking your clothes off. It's just uh, everything to do with really simple running every single day. And um, I... We, I think we first talked about it right before COVID, yeah. so early 2020, and um, I have been very steadily keeping up with it, which we'll talk about, but um, it's not just me. You know, what what's happening in this country and around the world is that there has been an increase in run streaking. Um, there are actually two official run streak organizations. One mm-hmm. is the United States Running Streak Association. And the, as the, the other is Streak Runners International, which I am actually a member of. Oh. Uh, and both of those um, record people's run streaks from around the world. And so what does it take to have a run streak? Mm-hmm. So um, Streak Runners International, the one that I'm a member of, you do not have an official run streak with them, meaning that you can't be listed until you have run every single day for one year and a run streak um, by by both of those organization standards is pretty simple you have to run one mile a day um, consecutive days you cannot Mm -hmm. miss a day 
um, minimum of one mile. It can be on the roads. It can be on the trails. It can be on a treadmill. Um, doesn't have to be fast. No time associated with it. You just have to run. It's literally just do it. Just do it. And if you miss one day, your streak goes back to zero. I'm pretty sure you were on the podcast talking about when you hit 100 days. Yeah. Yep. Um, so uh, this morning I did my streak here at Skyterra, and it was very dark. <laughs> <laughs> what time was it? I ran at 6, and the, yeah. fl- the flashlight that I had with me was not working. It was fine. The moon was pretty bright this morning. But this morning was day number 1,487. That's a That's a... <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Thanks, Alan. Thank you. That's that's crazy. Yeah, so I started November nineteenth, twenty nineteen, right before COVID, and um, since that day, I have run every single day for a minimum of a mile. But you know, I really have just a baby streak because there's a man named John Sutherland. He's <laughs> seventy one years old. He has run every single day, minimum of a mile consecutive days has not missed a day for almost 53 years wow he was the og of run streaks it sounds like yes yes and um there's another man um named jim taylor he's 68 he started his run streak in 1993 that's more than 30 years of running every day um (laughs) And then that was when I was born. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, could you imagine? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, And then there are people who have, you know, through social media platforms, made their run streaks really popular and have uh, inspired other people to run. So there's a man named Gary McKee. He um, has run one marathon every day for a year. So that's a different kind of run streak. Oh wow, it's a high volume (laughs) run streak. Yes. And then um, if you're on TikTok, there's a woman named Savannah Mukeshi, I think is how you say her last name. She has been documenting her journey on TikTok. She's got 589 consecutive days of running. um, And she logs hers on Strava, which I don't do. I just have a notebook that I write in. But Strava is a way that other runners can track her and be inspired by her. Um, and it's just another way to, you know, connect with people. Lydia uses Strava all the time. Yeah. She got my mom on it. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like social media for runners. Yes, exactly. Yes. Make friends, share your, your friends can see your roots if you want to share it with them, all that kind of stuff. That's a good way to keep up with it. Yeah, absolutely. And a great way to continue a habit. Yes. Accountability. Invisibility. Absolutely. Mm, Yep. Yep. Um, so, you know, streaking has become increasingly popular in running circles, but again, it doesn't have to be streaking or it doesn't, does have to be streaking. It does not have to be running. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to focus on running today, but, um, running is just one example. Um, I will tell you that when I started my run streak, my brother started a burpee streak. So every day for a year, he did 40 burpees. It's a lot. It's a lot. 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 Why did he pick 40? I don't, I think, I think he timed himself doing 40 burpees and he got maybe two and a half minutes and he was like, I'm going to spend one year trying to get under two minutes and he mm. did it a couple of times. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, so today we'll talk about running as an example. Yeah, great, uh, great example of starting and continuing a habit. 
I'm sure there's been tough times and easy times, and we'll talk about that. But uh, let's let's solidify let's solidify the streak. So you can do, I mean, for anybody, any streak, you can do anything you want to. It's just doing it consecutively, doing it on the easy days, doing it on the hard days, yep. setting a minimum for yourself as you did a mile every day. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, the power in that comes in the stacking of habits mm-hmm. and in yeah. the consecutive days that you're doing whatever it is you've committed to do. So, you know, knowing that, I mean, nobody's keeping track of me except myself. Um, but We are now. Yeah, well, yeah, you are now. <laughs> Actually, I think we have been. I just keep forgetting about it. (laughs) It's that accountability really, you know, to yourself, holding yourself accountable Mm -hmm. and knowing that if I miss a day, I'm going to go back to zero in this accountability that I'm holding for myself. Um, And and again, it can it can be anything. But as as your numbers build, there's power in that. Would you say a year is like the most popular amount of time for a streak, especially a run streak? I think so. Um, I have, um, I'm not going to say that I've inspired people, but after I've told people about my run streak, I've had other people start run streaks. And most people typically stop after a year. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment, being able yeah. to do that 365 days in a row when you're, you have life happening and you have days that know you're very very busy or days that you need to be up really really early to I don't know catch a flight or go to work so Mm -hmm. you know one year is is very impressive um and that I think that's pretty typical but again it can be a street can be whatever you want you you get to set the rules unless you're looking to be you know listed on streak runners international you get to decide what your streak looks like you know what it is that you're going to do and then what is that thing that you want to do every day so whatever you would like, whatever, whatever you would like. like, yeah, you get so, to decide the you decide the rules. So if you're not a runner out there, every time we say run, just replace it with your own yeah, word yeah. from here on out. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to make it walking, you know, I want to walk a mile every day, mm-hmm. or um, you know, something that Skytera did during COVID when oh, we were yeah. shut down. Yeah, you you remember that? Helen? Oh yeah, how could I forget? <laughs> so we started a jumping jack squat, air squat. Yeah. Yeah. So. And the first day we were shut down, we went live on Facebook. It was one jumping jack, one squat. And then day two, two jumping jacks, two squats. And we kept that up for, well, we were shut down. Basically, what, two months? Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Um, I think we got up to over 60. Yeah, it was a lot of air squats. That was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we made some dumb videos. <laughs> they were just fun, they goofy fun. videos. They uh, were fun. Me, like, coming out of the forest with yes, <laughs> the actually, duck. My mom still talks about that video. Whenever I mention you, she's like, is he the one with the duck? I'm like, yes. Yeah, that was him. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's still here. I think the duck is still in this building somewhere. Oh, I love that. We should bring it out and have it make an appearance. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really funny. Yeah. Watch out for the duck in our social media videos, people. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, one one thing with, with doing any kind of streak is doing it right. Um, and running specifically, you know, can be a high risk for injury mm-hmm. type of thing. And when you consider doing that, just getting it done, there's going to be hard days. You want to keep your form right. You want to keep, uh, keep your body well maintenanced and yep. safe. Yep. And uh, I think 
something that I wanted to touch on, especially if somebody's like, wow, a run streak sounds cool. I'd love to do a run streak would be a bit of a refresher on, you know, the how to's of um, just specifically running. Sure. I know we did a podcast on that before and I off the top of my head, I don't remember what number it is, but we'll leave the leave that in the show notes um, for our our run form uh, podcast. But Give our listeners uh, a bit of an idea because you are a bit of an expert on run form. Thanks, Alan. Yeah. Yeah, so let's start there. So um, really important when it comes to run technique, there are three things that you want to keep in mind, um, and I'll walk through each of them. And, you know, it's it's a really simple concept. In fact, what I'm going to describe, if you watch any four- or five-year-old kid running, they're probably running with perfect form because they haven't been sitting for a very long time. They haven't been sitting at a desk for a very long mm. time. So it's it's kind of this return to natural running. And, and you know, when I say natural running, I don't want you to think, oh, I'm just going to open the my back door and then however I run, that's natural. Well, you know, we're adults and we've had trauma and we've had injuries and we've had years of sitting. Yeah. We've had years of wearing shoes that probably didn't put our bodies in the best position. So just being conscious of it um, is something that is is what I mean when I say natural running. So the very first thing is thinking about what position you have your body in when you're running. And for anyone who has strength and conditioning experience, body position, what I'm going to describe is going to sound very, very familiar. And where proper positioning starts is the center of your body, which is your pelvis. And the goal for this body position is that you want your pelvis to be neutral. So you don't want your pelvis to be tipped forward, and you definitely don't want your pelvis to be tipped backwards. Um, because if your pelvis is neutral, it's going to keep everything else in your body in alignment. And that's one really important way to eliminate injury. So how okay. you make yeah, how you make sure you have a neutral and Alan, please feel free to interrupt me because I could talk about this for days. <laughs> now no, you're doing good. <laughs> keep it up. Um, how to make sure that your pelvis is neutral is you want to have pressure on both sides of your body. So you want to have pressure from the back. And that comes from squeezing your glutes, or like I say, squeezing your biscuits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the front, you want to make sure that you have that you're pulling your rib cage down, that you're using their, your abs. So your glutes and your abs are the muscles that are going to keep your pelvis in that neutral position. And you know, I people will say all the time, "Well, I can't really squ- run when I'm squeezing my glutes so tight." All you need is enough pressure to keep your pelvis neutral when you're in motion. So it doesn't have to be, you know, 100% squeeze. It's just enough, again, to keep your pelvis neutral. So once that has happened, you want to think about what's happening with your shoulders. And if your shoulders are rounded forward in any way, it's going to start to collapse your lungs. And if you think about trying to get as much oxygen as possible to be able to run, having rounded shoulders is not is not going to be good for that. So your shoulder your lungs are going to feel a little bit more collapsed. You're going to feel more out of breath than you actually are. So how you correct that is you pull your shoulder blades down towards your back pockets. Alan, I can we're, see you doing it. Yeah, we're both Perfect. doing it. <laughs> we're both doing it. 
<laughs> so pull your shoulder blades down towards your back pockets. That's going to do two things. Number one, it's going to keep your chest open. Mm-hmm. It's going to make you feel like you're getting as much oxygen as possible. You're not going to feel artificially winded. And the other thing it's going to do is it's going to keep your shoulders in alignment over your hips. And that's, again, going to be really important for avoiding injuries, just keeping your body in alignment. So from your shoulders, I'm going to now move up to your head. And what a lot of runners do, and this is one of the easiest things to correct if you keep bringing yourself back to it, and I do this myself when I get tired, is a lot of runners will start to tuck their chin towards their chest Mm. when they're running, especially as they get tired. Yeah. And what that does is it blocks off your airway to be able to get more oxygen. And in fact, I... um, I I once coached a woman who was an occupational therapist at a nursing home, and she worked with um, clients who um, had difficulty chewing and swallowing their food. And um, she would actually cue them that as they were chewing their food to tuck their chin towards their chest because it blocks off airway. So if you think about the opposite of that, which is you want to make sure that you're getting as much oxygen as possible. Keeping your chin parallel to the ground is super important. And just, you know, remembering, bringing yourself back to it whenever you feel your your eyes gazing down, just a little cue to yourself. Oop, I'm looking down. Bring your chin back up. Um, so we've got pelvis neutral, got mm-hmm. our shoulders stacked above our hips. We have our chin parallel to the ground, and then I'm going to move down your body now. So you want to make sure that your knees are always soft. You never want your knees to be locked out, Mm -hmm. and you want to keep your ankles right underneath your hips. So there we go back to that alignment. So that is the position of your body. So that's one of three. Number two. Number two. So if you think about what you're actually going to do with your body. (laughs) So we've got it in alignment. Yeah. I am not moving. Um, You know, when you think about running, whether you're talking about one mile or you're talking about the distance of a marathon or or further than that, you want to always make sure that you're talking about efficiency of movement. And that is making sure that you are using the strongest muscles in your body to actually move your body. Because if you're relying on motion to come from small muscles or muscles that weren't designed to handle that load, that's where injury can come in. And the strongest muscles in your body are your glutes and your hamstrings. And so you want to access those muscles when you're moving. And those muscles, of course, are located on the back of your legs versus any muscles that are located on the front of your legs. Mm-hmm. So that's going to do two things. First, it's going to, again, allow you to rely on the strength of larger muscles. Number two, if you're using your hip flexors, which are located on the front of your body, those muscles are very, very, very small. And those are also going to cause you to swing your leg forward, which means that your ankle is landing out in front of your hips which means you're out of alignment. Yeah. So if you can keep instead the movement centered on the back of your legs, and the easiest way to visualize this, because I know you, nobody can see me right now and I'm actually not moving, I'm just sitting, <laughs> um, is if you think about standing in place 
and pulling your ankles towards your hips. So you're just running in place. And the cue that I give to my runners all the time is pull. Pull your feet off the ground. Pull using your hamstrings instead of stepping out in front. And if you can think about pulling your feet off the ground instead of stepping out in front, that is when things will start to make more sense. A lot of times runners will say, okay, Rachel, I'm pulling my feet off the ground. I feel like I'm prancing. That means, well, first of all, you probably are. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Second of all, you're pulling way too high. You really only need to pull just above ankle height to keep yourself as efficient as possible. And cadence-wise, you know, we You'll, you'll see a lot online of, you know, you need to have a run cadence of 180 pulls per minute. And that's exactly what it is. It's not 180 steps per minute. If you're stepping 180 times, that's not efficient. That is craziness. Yeah. But if you're pulling your feet off the ground, just right underneath your hips, pull, 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 that's 180. That's going to keep you feeling efficient. And if you're pulling at 180 pulls per minute, you really only need to pull again, just, just right above your ankle. So point number two, pulling, pull your feet off the ground, use your hamstrings, use the back of your legs. The last piece of run technique is there's this really, really, really strong force on our planet that I want everybody to access. Do you know what it is, Alan? <laughs> I do. He does because I wrote it in the notes. It's and right he's in also front of me. smart. <laughs> it's right in front of me. It's gravity. Yep. It's gravity. So, um, you know, gravity is already pulling you towards the ground. Gravity is already, of course, the strongest force on our planet. So the way that you can access and harness the power of gravity is using it in a controlled fall which sounds way scarier than it is. If you lean forward, and when I talk about leaning forward, don't lean forward from your neck or your shoulders. Lean forward from your hips. Again, remember that's the center of your body. All you have to do is lean forward at about a one degree Mm -hmm. to start your movement forward, to start that momentum forward. And if you can keep that lean, again, from your hips as you run, um, even at just a one degree fall, that's going to pull you forward. And of course, you are still having to control your body. You have to keep it in good position. You have to make sure that you're using the right muscles, your hamstrings and your glutes. But if you can harness gravity on your forward movement, that's just going to make you so much more efficient. Yeah. One, two, and three. Position of body, your idea of pulling, and use gravity to carry you forward. I would say that the pulling was definitely the thing that helped me the most when I, uh, especially in my last race. And even like I got tired in my last race and I got some terrible pictures of like yeah. me crossing the finish line with my feet out in front, it knees happens. are locked, yeah. heel striking. Yeah. 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 It happens. And, and, you know, that's a good point, Alan. So when your knee is locked, like Alan just said, and again, happened to Alan, it certainly happens to me as fatigue steps in. But that's where injury is more likely to happen because you're getting the force of your body that travels up through your ankle, through your knee, through your hip if you're landing with a locked out leg in front of you versus if you're keeping your knees nice and soft right underneath your hips. Yep. Um, and, you know, just to bring it back to where we started with a run streak, I mean, 
a run streak, if you choose to do a run streak, that's running every single day. Um, and so something else that's important to me, and I know it's important to you, is the importance of strength and conditioning yeah. as a supplement to to a streak, especially to a run streak, because the stronger that you can keep your body, the more efficient and uh, injury proof you will be as a runner. So For think sure. about you know what we've asked. We've said. Um, you know, you need to keep your shoulder blades pulled down. Okay, well, that requires you to use your lats to keep your shoulders open. Mm-hmm. So you want any mo- motion where you're pulling, you want to make sure that you prioritize as a runner. And we've talked at length about the importance of strong hamstrings and strong glutes. Well, that requires movements like squats to build up that strength. So making sure that your body is strong and able to carry whatever the load is that you're asking is really, really important. And that's, you know, we're, we're talking about run streak here, but we're also talking about, you know, habits for the new year. And it doesn't matter if you're thinking you want to do a run streak or any other type of streak, any other type of streak, doing whatever you're doing, like burpees, running, push-ups, strength training, walking, like all of these things are important to do safely, um, with the correct form. So if you choose running, you just got an extra little bonus of how to do that. And you can go back and listen to our old podcast, but if you choose something else as a new habit, you need to make sure you're doing it safely. Yes. And that's kind of the point that we wanted to make. And, you know, there's more than just safe movement patterns. Um, you want things like good nutrition. Um, you want to make sure that you have that time to rest and recover. I know doing it on a daily basis, um, you know, what when am I going to rest and recover? Well, doing things like foam rolling, mobility work uh, before or after you know, you do whatever streak that you're going to do, whether that's running or whatever, is incredibly important. And uh, if I could just talk about rest for a second. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, rest days are very, very, very important. And mm-hmm. if you're doing something every day, if you decide to commit to a streak, how do you build in rest? And I think that it all comes from not putting pressure on yourself. If you do decide to do a run streak, um, and you do want to be listed, for example, on one of the two websites, um, which, by the way, I don't know wh- who looks at it except who's listed on it. But that doesn't matter. That's, right. <laughs> um, you know, <clears throat> it's important to know that the only thing that matters is that it happened, not how fast that you did it. Right. So if I have a day that I'm tired or a day that I didn't sleep well or if my life is super chaotic because I've just moved halfway across the country, <laughs> which, of course, has happened, then... I just, I'm like, you know what? This run is going to be slow yeah. and I'm just going to get through it. And I'm going to, that's going to be my goal for the day. That's the movement. That's going to be the only thing that I do today. There are many days when the only thing I do is that streak. And then, you know, other days when I do other things, it just depends on how much rest I need. And most important is do not put pressure on yourself. It's, that's going to take all of the fun out of it. For sure. Well, where uh, where do you want to go from here, Rachel? Because we've got uh, a couple more kind of related pieces to this. Yeah. So let's talk about kind of what um, I have seen other runners mention, other streakers mention, and maybe what I've seen in myself after after starting a streak. So um, I think a lot of runners 
can be very typical type A personalities and everything has to be perfect. Mm. And I speak from personal experience. And if you give yourself a run goal, say, for example, you wanted to qualify for Boston, which had been a goal for mine, that makes you very, very focused on pace, makes you focused on your training, makes you focused on volume, distance, it makes you singularly focused on one day out of 365 where everything has to fall into place. And that is an incredible amount of pressure. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of runners experience that. And, you know, running is something that I have always loved. It's always been important in my life. And if it's something that you add extra pressure to, you can lose the joy of it. And so a run streak is a really great way to experiment with your training and to try something new. And I can say for sure that it can, at least for me, anyhow, it eliminated some of the burnout that I was feeling after I had put a lot of pressure on myself for some really specific races. Mm. Um, some other runners, you know, may want to use running to lose weight, of course. Other runners may want to set a new kind of PR for themselves. Or, you know, I've even seen some runners who use run streak as a way to train for a specific race. During COVID, of course, a lot of people used run streaking as a replacement for races because races weren't happening. Um, you couldn't really get together with anybody, but the streets were open when nothing else yeah. was. Yep. Um, Being outside was yeah, all right. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, and of course, you know, where we started this podcast, what you mentioned so beautifully, Alan, is that habit stacking and the commitment that you make to yourself that you're going to do something every day that requires dedication, it yep. requires drive, um, not to mention some really specific time management skills. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's important too. Like that's a great life skill and it's a great way to build day after day, just one day at a time on um, something that you're trying to implement or bring back into your life. What was the latest so far that you've ever completed the run streak? Was it like 11.59? Oh, gosh. Have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> so very early on, I realized that it needed to be the first thing that I did in the day. Um, and it it so the latest I've ever done was lunch because mm. lunch lunch did not feel good. Right. So um, I so, for example, I, I fly home tomorrow. Alan, my flight's at. 6.30 in the morning, Brent is picking me up at 4.30 a.m., so I will run tomorrow at 3.30 a.m. I have to wow. do it. I have to do it first. Um, but I do know a lot of people will squeeze it in at the end of the day if yeah. they need to, but I'm a, I got to do it first. Um, yeah. So for your habit, you're like, all right, well, what's the first thing that I have tomorrow mm -hmm. and you're like all right i gotta get up yeah. this amount of time before that first thing to get yes, it done yes gotcha. and this may be too much information but i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna share it i'm gonna sleep in my run clothes <laughs> so that <laughs> that will just save me some time tomorrow morning i used to do that when i was a kid i used to sleep <laughs> in my uh my my fishing stuff when i was stoked <laughs> to go on a trip with dad I love the that, night before Alan. that's 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 funny i love that um so what when you think about like your past, was it been one thousand four hundred and eighty-seven days? Yes. What uh, what were some of those like moments where you're like, wow, I'm I'm doing this. That's yeah. Like I hit this day. This is huge. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
I think I've had some milestones. Um, there were some important numbers. So 21 days, which was three weeks in a row, felt to me like this is it. Like this is my habit. I'm doing it. I have yeah. this locked in. Um, 100 days felt really cool. That felt like a huge number. Yep. And, it, and it certainly was. Um, 500 days felt really cool. And 1,000 days, I actually hit 1,000 when I was um, on vacation with my parents at the coast in Oregon last summer. Oh, cool. And so my parents um, had a special celebration breakfast for me when I came back. So that felt really, really special. So certainly, you know, going to four digits felt so cool. Going to three digits felt cool. Yeah. But beyond that, I think um, there have been days when it was really hard really, really hard. Alan. I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I had food poisoning and so I ran, uh, the mile that I ran that day, I ran on a treadmill and it was basically my walking pace. Um, uh, but I did it. And, you know, there have been days when I've run, um, in the ice, which were hard, you know, living in Chicago that happened. Yep snow where the sidewalks hadn't been shoveled and so I was basically running around my block until I hit a mile um I've run in a couple of areas where I actually didn't feel that safe where I hope my mom's not listening to this where I (laughs) just regretted regretted running it afterwards because it was dark and kind of early in the morning kind of sometimes when I've run near airports yeah yeah um but I think that 1000 day 1,000th day with my parents was really special. On those hard days, what are you telling yourself? Like, what what are you saying to yourself to get up and do that thing? Or what are you, yeah. I don't want to go back to zero. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if I don't do it today, I'm back at zero. And it's just, it's what we've said all along. It's that stacking of of days that I've done it and that stacking of habits that keeps me going. And I think that's where kind of like put a bow on all of this that's where the power comes in in a streak is the longer you do it the more locked in you are (laughs) just to yourself yeah 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 i think we could we could say that for a lot of things in life yeah this one's just a a very positive manner you know i think that that's that's awesome yeah Uh, i can't imagine running with food poisoning or you know like like if you had some like my sister has a flu right now if you had the flu yeah or whatever just getting that thing done like yep. you, you can't imagine that um what was his name in the beginning john yeah he's 71 yeah he's been running for almost 53 years you can't imagine like he wasn't definitely sick at some yeah. point you yeah. know what i mean or, exactly you know was overly committed and didn't hardly have any time yeah you know yeah I'd, I'd be curious to ask him the same i bet he would have almost the same answer as you yeah yeah you know i don't want to start back over this is yeah, exactly yeah i have a, a very good friend who just recently started a run streak he's up over 30 days so shout out to jake and the first day that he ran in the rain it it meant something different for him because he had been running on a treadmill up until then or uh, had been running in the nice weather. Mm -hmm. And that first foul weather day, you're like, oh, I'm doing this. And if I could do it this day when it was really hard, I can certainly do it tomorrow when it's going to be a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think after a while it becomes a piece of your identity. (laughs) I think that that's a, an important, important factor with any habit changes that, 
you realize that like this is the type of person that you are. I love that. You know, yes. you're um, Rachel. You are you are the type of person that runs every day. Yep. Even if it's just a little mile at your slowest pace, but that is part of who you are. And I think that that realization for a lot of people is something that I see here when uh, guests are making new habit changes. Often, and it's something we talk about here. Yeah, Alan. One one, and I know we've talked about this before, but. Inspired Intentions, which is one of our signature classes here at Skyterra, which you teach, um, talks to people about, it, you know, when you come up with what you want to be, exactly what you just said, Alan, the language that you use, which is, I want to be the type of person who does this. X, Y, or Z. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, it's kind of like almost anti-negative uh, self-talk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, am, I am not this type of person, but I am this type of person. Yes. Yes. You know, and often we are really good at making the negative self-talk our identity versus yeah. the positive. Yeah. And I think to do something like what you've done, you have to be incredibly strong-willed to have that positive self-talk because I'm sure that there were days where it would be really easy to give up. Yeah, but then you go back to zero. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so as, as far as, you know, actionable things, mm -hmm. run streak or not, streak or not new habit change mm -hmm. for the new year new thing that somebody wants to start what do you want our listeners to do what type of advice do you have for them use you, you can use running as an example yeah but. yeah and just i think you put it beautifully alan it a streak does not have to be running it certainly doesn't it can but it doesn't have to be um and unless you want to be listed on some official body some streak running website yeah you get to decide the terms um and so that's really powerful um and then the other thing i would say is just make the thing that you do something that's really manageable and easy so if we don't take into account the fact that i need to put on you know three layers on top and three layers on the bottom and two pairs of socks i can get my my run done in 10 minutes or less. Yeah. So, you know, 10 minutes a day is nothing out of 24 hours. And so keeping, keeping it really manageable, um, I think is important because you can always add on, you can always add more, but if the bare minimum is something that's manageable, I would say just start, start slowly, see how your body reacts, see how it serves you and then adjust as you need. Gotcha. It's great advice. Thank you. Apply that however you will, listeners, to whatever you might have in mind that you've been wanting to start. You know, we've talked very much so about the the uh, physical side of a streak, specifically running, because that's what Rachel is. So, uh, I mean, you've committed hard and crushed it. Thanks. But, you know, this could be I'm going to cook one meal yes. a week yep. for myself. I'm going to do x y or z i'm going to do a push-up every day i'm going to i'm going to do some breath work i'm going to stretch every morning whatever write it is. my journal every day yeah. yeah so it can be whatever it is that you want it to be um i often tell people you just gotta make it accessible and successful for yourself whatever it is that you need to do that and sometimes it's somebody else to help you along and sometimes it's just that thought of not going back down to zero. Yep, that's so. it. Anything else, Rachel? We want to, got anything else for our listeners? I think I've said it all. All right, me too. Um, 
Inspire Intentions listeners, if you guys have questions for us, I know I say it all the time, shoot us an email at inspiredintentions at skyterrawellness.com. You can question Rachel more on her run streak or just get some more info if you need some. Um, Please ask us questions, send us emails, and we hope that you all find your streak in the new year, whatever that is for you. Happy streaking. (laughs) Happy streaking. (laughs) Thanks, y'all. Until next time, Rachel. Bye. Bye. The Inspired Intentions podcast is a production of Skyterra Wellness Retreat. Special thanks to our executive producer, Alan Broyhill. Send us your questions and comments to inspiredintentions at skyterrawellness.com. Subscribe on iTunes and everywhere podcasts can be found. If someone you know might benefit from this podcast, share Inspired Intentions with them and give us a five-star rating. Join us next week as we cut through the unrealistic noise on diets and fitness and show you how healthy living fits seamlessly into your already busy life. Thanks for listening.